Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Good morning. Good morning. Um, you can actually follow this open on Facebook Live if uh, if you follow me. It says I'm, oops, nope, it ended the video, Paul. I'm going to do it on my phone instead. Why is Carmen trying to make a video of what she's doing today? Well, she's trying to make a video so that as we open our one-child packet, um, we have a recording that we can share with you later about it. So here we go. So we are in this wonderful ministry partnership with One Child. You can check it out at MyFaithRadio.com. You'll see Sponsor a Child right there. And let me just say, if you click on that, it's not going to like instantly, you're not going to be sponsoring a child, right? It gives you the opportunity to um, explore the children who we are at Faith Radio seeking to find sponsors for uh, here in the next couple of days. And so... I have already become a child champion, and so I thought that live with you on the air this morning, I would open up my packet, and we would meet my child, right? So here we go. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? If you're wa- Oh, you're not watching it because it's not on Facebook Live, so there you go. Um, all right, it says, here is, um, here is the first thing in the packet. It says, welcome to our global community of child champions. Look inside to learn how to connect with your child. And in here, I'm not only welcomed by Scott Todd, who you met here on the program a couple of weeks ago, um, but I'm also welcomed by the country leaders and the local church leaders, the Hope Center leaders, family, peers, teachers, one child staff, and of course, children. So um, the next page says the power of your words. It's an invitation to pray specifically for my child, uh, for whom I am a champion, encourages me to write letters. You are building a relationship um, with your child. The best way you can do this is through consistency and encouragement. Talks about the things um, that maybe you want to write about and then um, an explanation of all the places around the world where one child is working alongside local congregations through Hope Centers. So there are locations in Latin America, Africa, the Middle East, and Asia. And if you go to MyFaithRadio.com right now, and you click on the one child link, then you're going to see the list of kids and their pictures and their locations um, who we are right now seeking to find champions for. So I want you to go check that out. And then the next part of my packet here as I'm, oh, look, I have an envelope. I have a, I have a um, write my first letter template. Okay, so that's so nice. So, okay, so start your relationship right to your child. Um, your child can't wait to get the, your first letter. This is the most effective way um, to let them know you care. Think of this letter as a first conversation where you introduce yourself. All right. That is awesome. <gasps> and then here she is. Erisman Abreu Almanzar is my one child. She's 15 years old. Her birthday is August the 11th. Her favorite thing to do when she's alone is study and read. So clearly she is my kind of girl. 
Her favorite thing to do with her friends is to play table games. I like those, too. She helps out at home by sweeping and cleaning. Someday, she would like to be a teacher. Um, She is responsible, respectful, kind, loving, and sociable. Her favorite subjects are math, language arts, and art. She lives with her parents, both of them. Um, Her dad works um, as a private employee, and her mom is a homemaker, and she is an only child. She doesn't have any siblings at home. I actually don't know that she's an only child. I know that she's the only child at home now. So um, her Hope Center is called the Mission Valenti Joshua 119 Hope Center. It's located in an area um, that struggles with dengue fever and extremely high unemployment and domestic violence. So um, this goes on to talk about the community uh, in which she lives and the, the pri- her primary diet, which is beans, chicken, and plantains, all of which I love. Um, her main language is Spanish, uh, and she lives in the Dominican Republic. So I, um, I have my one child that I am championing. Do you have your one child yet? Would you join me in this? You, um, you can have a child just like I have, this sweet girl. And you say to yourself, well, how did you pick Erasmin? At the time that I looked at the list, she was the oldest child that didn't have a sponsor. And I thought to myself, you know, a lot of people are going to want to sponsor the littlest person they see. Their heart is going to be drawn to the little kids. And maybe nobody is, is going to want to sponsor a teenage girl. And I thought, I want to sponsor a teenage girl. I want to be her champion. So, Erasmin, um, good morning, sweet girl. I, I, I'm going to maybe figure out how to find a way to share the Faith Radio app with you when I write to you. Um, and I, I love you already. I'm going to be praying for you, and I'm going to write you later today. Would you join me in becoming a child champion through one child? You just go to MyFaithRadio.com, um, or if you're on the Faith Radio app, you'll see all the information right there. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. John Brandon is back. Hello, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. How has book launch been? Uh, It's been wonderful. I've been hearing from readers and people sending me photos, holding the book, doing a selfie. Uh, Haven't gotten one from you quite yet, but, uh, (laughs) you know, it's really, really fun. I clearly need to do that. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I have the book right here. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, the number one rated uh, new release for time management on Amazon right now. So I'm very happy about that. But you got to uh, think at the beginning of the year, that's something that uh, people are looking for. So that's good, man. Yeah, we all need to manage our time. Yeah, well, if we don't, it uh, it just absolutely, like, literally gets away from us, right? Yes. So I um I finally settled on a word for the year, <clears throat> and the word uh, I tried to convince God that my word for the year should be rest. That was what I was advocating, and and God wasn't buying it. So um, I eventually, I mean, the same word kept coming, the same word, like the same word pushed itself and pushed, and I'm like, all right, clearly I just need to give in. That's clearly the word, and the word is purge. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So um, I am um, now focused on that, which led me to return in your book 
to the second section because I, I had recalled that part two about stopping bad habits had really good stuff about um, purging related to email and uh, like time wasted on social media. So can you can we just talk about those two things today? Because those are some areas where I need some purging help. Yeah, some of these stats, they were so surprising to me when I was researching the book. So the biggest one is that there is a study by IDC confirmed by Adobe that we spend as much as 30 hours per week checking email. So right there, you're burning through three quarters of your time, uh, constantly clicking refresh and answering emails and all that. Um, some other stats that I found uh, when researching the book is just how much uh, spam and how many messages are coming in on a daily basis. It turns out that there's 60 billion spam messages sent every day. And I'm like, wow, we need to purge a little bit of that, you know. I'm getting uh, a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, me too. And then the other thing is that... Uh, you know, half of all the messages we get in our inbox are spam. They're just this fluff of, like, stuff that we don't need, we didn't ask for, and yet we're constantly wading through all that trying to purge our inbox. And what I've found is that people are not very intentional. We get into this zombie state, and uh, there's some studies that say we don't even breathe when we're checking email because we're waiting in anticipation the other thing that happens in our brains is we get a little bit of dopamine when there's a good email, and then we get a little bit of angst going on when there's something that bothers us or a message from, you know, someone that's mad or angry or something like that. So so what I suggest is just be really intentional with your email because it's a constant influx, and you're probably not going to win that battle unless you figure out how to manage it better. And, of course, I suggest spending seven minutes at a time checking email just a few times a day. Most experts say check your email about three times a day. And then the studies say that we're doing that 15 to 20 times per day. So there's a real imbalance there. Yeah, my phone um, pressing notifications to me, right? So is one, I think, simple way, if I would turn off the notifications that, you know, where my email lights up the screen when something comes in, um, that would be one way of avoiding the temptation to check my email obsessively. Honestly, you know, some experts say, like, delete your apps or delete this and that. Um, I'm more of an advocate for managing things and saying just be really intentional in how you do things. So when it comes to email, just being really intentional about which ones are important? Which ones do you need to respond to? Which ones can just be ignored? Um, the other thing that's really interesting is people used to say, get to inbox zero, you know, get your inbox perfectly clean. <laughs> it turns out that they were dead wrong about that. Even the guy who invented the term inbox zero doesn't believe in it anymore because it's not very productive to be constantly cleaning through that whole inbox. But just be really intentional um, I have a verse for you today because I was thinking about this on my walk over to work, and it's Proverbs 21.5. It says, the plans of the diligent leads surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. And I just think sometimes we live in this current state of being hasty and being fast and going through email and going through our social media and doom scrolling, and we're not even thinking about what we're doing Mm, that's so good. The plans of the diligent 
lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Proverbs 21.5. More with John Brandon in just a moment. Good morning again. I'm Carmen LaBerge. I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm laughing. You are suggesting, you know, hey, take a picture, send it to John Brandon. So I did in response to the person who texted that. And then she said, no, send it to him. Don't send it to me. I'm like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. OK, <laughs> shall do. Shall do. Will do. Jim from Simsbury, John, wants to know what's doom scrolling. Oh, doom scrolling. It's also called the infinite scroll. Uh, So it means that you're just flipping through all your feeds all the time, just going down, down, down. The social media companies designed it that way. It's a little bit like a slot machine in Vegas. And actually, it looks a a lot like a slot machine in Vegas. And you just keep scrolling down and you're trying to find something. And then, of course, you never do. So you keep scrolling. Yeah. So, Jim and Simsbury, um, imagine you're holding your phone and let's say uh, you're using your thumb to simply swipe from the bottom towards the top. And that is that's, you know, you're scrolling and you're never really landing on anything for any length of time, or if you do, it's um, it's not certainly not going to feed your soul. So that is doom scrolling. Um, it's an, okay, so let's talk about section six of the book. So this is in part two. The book is The Seven-Minute Productivity Solution, How to Manage Your Schedule, Overcome Distraction, and Achieve the Results You Want. John Brandon is the author and our guest today. In part two of the book on stopping bad habits, section six is mindless web surfing and social media use. So that's the doom scrolling conversation. Um, talk with us about um, a different part of this, and that is the relentless pursuit of perfection, because that's a little bit different. Oh, I'm really glad you asked that question. Um, by the way, one quick stat, I'm going to test you with a trivia question. How many hours per day do you think we use social media? All your... of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you, when you add it all up, it's um, two and a half hours on average, which is amazing to me. Um The pursuit of perfection, yeah, so we're trying to find something and we don't know what it is and it's elusive. This is the classic definition of addiction, by the way. So whenever you're talking to someone who's addicted, I'm not a psychologist. This is just pop psychology at this point. I'm a book author, not a psychologist. But uh, when we're pursuing after something, what makes it addictive is that you never obtain it. So maybe someone has a problem with drinking or whatever it is. You're, you're online, you're pursuing something, and the fact that it keeps inching away from you constantly means that you keep pursuing after it, and then you never obtain it. And it's just, it's called the elusive reward. And it would be one thing if social media actually had an objective, if it was like, okay, I'm going to go on social media, I'm going to post a few times, and I'm going to do this and that, I'm going to comment, and then I'm going to be done. The fact that you don't ever achieve anything or accomplish anything, that's what keeps you using it. And so, again, the book is called The 7-Minute Productivity Solution. So guess what? Seven minutes is also the time frame I suggest for checking social media. This is combating doom scrolling. It's saying just use it. Don't, don't delete the apps because then you'll just come back to them anyway. But do it in a really intentional way. All right. If you visit 7minutesolution.com, you can um, get some really great resources related to all this. You can check in with John. You can uh, check out the book. 
when you think about um, the questions that people most often ask, because it doesn't seem unreasonable, John, to commit to something for seven minutes. Like, let me try something that's uh, that's and a seven-minute approach to something. Mm-hmm. Why Why do we resist this? Why do we resist having our improving our life in this way? Oh, man, I'd love to talk to you about this when we have more time. I have this, uh, this concept of what heaven's going to be like, where time is completely unlimited and we'll, mm. we'll just be in eternity and we won't think about time. And then mm. I have another theory based on the Bible, based on my own study, that hell is also going to feel like doom scrolling where you're never achieving anything. And there's some really great verses. Maybe I can share with you next time about this. But the summary of it is that whenever we're not intentional and we're just getting sucked into something and we feel like time is just this mortal enemy, um, that's not God. God is above time. God isn't restricted by time. So whenever you have like an amazing day and the sun's shining, you're talking to a friend and time just seems to be passing without your knowledge, that's actually a taste of heaven. I think that's what heaven's going to be like. Um, so so the, the challenge for people is just to be intentional with your time and think about what you're scrolling through. And then, you know what? Just set the phone down. Do something else. Set the phone down and do something else. There, um, that You could... Oh, am I right? <laughs> That's, set the phone down and do something else. Uh, one of the things that I have learned in all of this is not to multitask, not to try to multitask. Like, just just commit to the seven minutes to do the thing and don't try to add it to, oh, I'm going to take a walk and I'm going to check my social media. No, go take a walk and don't look at your social media while you're doing it and then take your seven minutes to deal with your social media. But don't try to do both at the same time. We, We physically can't multitask. So why do we keep trying? God made us with something called the salience network in our brains. It allows us to focus on something. And man, that's amazing that we can, because otherwise we'd go through life with constant squirrel moments and distractions. We have the ability to focus. What? What? (laughs) People are like, Carmen, that is her whole life. Squirrel! Okay, Some sorry. people don't know that reference. I said it in the book and my editor was like, mm, maybe you should mention the Pixar movie. And then I'm like, no, people will get it. They'll understand what I'm saying. So. I love it. Hey, man, we love you. We love talking with you. Just celebrating with you the success of this effort. The book is The 7-Minute Productivity Solution. You can find it at 7 com. John Brandon, our friend and colleague, is the author Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. We'll be right back. All right, John Stone Street is not wrong about that. I want you to think for a moment about the single men you know of prime working age. So, single men you know of prime working age. How motivated are they to work and and invest and grow the economy and reinvest in the culture in positive um, and more productive ways. Well, they're not. They're just motivated to meet their own whatever needs they have for the day because they don't have anyone else for whom they are working or a future to which they toward which they are building or a legacy into which they are investing. And so Stone Street's not wrong. Marriage is uh, really important 
structural foundational building block of human uh, society, including ours. And when we tear it down, when we undermine our own foundations, we do so, you know, not only at our own peril, but to the peril of the generations that follow us. So uh, let's be, you know, let's let's be encouraging marriage. Let's be encouraging marriage. There you go. Um, Let's be modeling it. Let's be um, let's be living faithfully in marriage. Let's understand what it is and what it is not. All those things. All right, um, and, and the reasons that God gives it, which are which are many, which we'll have to talk about at another time. All right, John Nicholas is waiting in the wings. Um, let me ask this: Did you did you start getting those credit card bills from Christmas? And uh, are you stressed out over that? A lot of people are. So we're going to talk with John Nicholas about debt free ASAP. Would you like to be debt free? Would you like to start on that today? We'll be right back. This is Max Locato. Albert is a mail carrier in Waco, Texas. He makes daily deliveries to the furniture store where my daughter Sarah used to work. Being a startup, the business had a constant level of chaos. That's why they all loved Albert. Sarah remembers he'd ask how each of us was doing. He looked us in the eyes and said, God bless you. Albert delivers more than mail. He delivers happiness. I'd like to challenge you to do the same. Sit out to alter the joy level of a hundred people over the next 40 days. Pray for people. Serve more. Practice patience. And bring out the best in people. Keep a journal to describe the encounters and what you learned. At the end of 40 days, would your world be different? Would you be different? I took the challenge, and I certainly am. This is Max Lucado. All right, there's a lot I could tell you about John Nicholas. Uh, he's got a long track record, but I want you to, to um, hear his story and understand how you can live debt-free ASAP. So um, I am certain that tidbits of his story are going to uh, be shared with us over the course of this conversation. So I think we'll just jump in. John Nicholas, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Hey, Carmen. Good morning. Great to be with good. you. It's great to have you. So debt-free ASAP um, is the book, How to Know Your Options, Create a Plan, and Start Changing Your Life Within 48 Hours. John, um, talk with us about the um, the debt people are living with right now. Well, as you probably know, it uh, sounds like you keep your ear on on uh, everything happening or, you know, across the country. Uh, average household debt levels have, have reached all-time record highs, you know, throughout this past year, meaning most Americans are, are you know, dragging around more debt than ever. And so that that is almost pervasive. Lots of folks are struggling. And my experience talking with people from every situation, every background, every part of the country is that there's a lot of tears. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of uh, confusion. And there's just a lot of overwhelm. People are overwhelmed, uh, having a hard time even looking at where they are, what, the, what they've got and, and how to how to recover. Um, do you know anything about that? Have you ever been there? I have. Uh, I've, I've built companies worth millions, but I've also been jobless, broke, and buried in debt. 
So I know how it feels. I know how it can happen to anyone. And thankfully, I know how to recover in a variety of ways, especially after I worked inside the debt relief industry, where I learned a lot about what fails. <laughs> and so that really uh, was part of God's prompting to send me back to a, a space that I left. I didn't want any more to do with, uh, you know, the, the kinds of programs and uh, high pressure sales and all the things that are related to, to debt recovery of all things. And, uh, you know, God turned, turned me around and sent me back with a, a whole sim simple approach that's encouraging and uh, just helps people recover and prosper. And that's God's desire for, for all of us. I love the opening uh, story that you share. And I want to thank you also for just the story of your own family um, in, in the opening as well. Uh, talk with us just about the five deadliest effects of debt before we share with people the three-step ASAP protocol. <laughs> sure, sure. And I'm, I know these will hit home with folks. I mean, first and foremost, obviously, debt, you know, sucks, you know, through finances, you know, so much interest. Uh, oftentimes we're, we're making payments and only a fraction is going towards the principal, meaning we're going to be on the uh, on, on the on the hamster wheel forever. I mean, it's 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 very common. Secondly, you know, the effect is emotional. You know, debt is depressing just by very nature. It's just negative every day. Uh, it's also very difficult mentally because it can get in your mind. And it can kill your hopes and dreams as you as you're looking at your life. Uh, relationally, we know debt you know impacts uh, couples, families, and it can even scar children for life. I mean, they, they're looking around at their world, they're hearing arguments, they're just knowing the stress, they're embarrassed, all kinds of things uh, follow from that. And then finally, spiritually, you know, there's spiritual impact because debt is the opposite of freedom and abundance that, you know, our Heavenly Father uh, desires us to, to have. So, John, let's um, let's turn the corner then, because I think that we want to unpack as much as we can about the three-step ASAP protocol. The book is Debt-Free ASAP. John Nicholas is the author. Where, where do we start? Let's just, let's do step one. Step one is to recognize that that this may be a tough time of year because, you know, the holidays are over, uh, the weather's bad, you know, maybe you've failed at, at, at goals or resolutions you've made already, and you've got bills, you know, like we talked about uh, a minute ago. And so you have to recognize this is a tough time, but it's not the time to just throw in the towel or hide, hide your bills or just kind of, you know, uh, just spiral. This is the time. If I don't to open them, heart. they won't. They won't just go away. <laughs> it doesn't uh, many work that have way. tried. <laughs> many have tried. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. But I'll tell you what does work. When you just prayerfully say, "Look, I'm not going to be in debt. I'm going to be getting out of debt. I'm going to look at my situation." So step one is to assess your situation, just like diet or exercise or or medically. You have to see where you're at. You got to get your your numbers straight and look at your life. You, you know any kind of pending decision points or stress points. You just you you need to kind of uh, take an inventory and write things down. I have uh, free forms that I offer people so they can uh, break out their their debt load 
you know, by balances, minimum payments, interest rates, and just everything they've got. So they can look at it, add it up. Uh, same, same goes with things like your monthly income and expenses. These are just basic things most people lose track when they're overwhelmed. And believe me, lots of folks are overwhelmed. The first step to clarify and bring sanity is to look and just see where you're at, because then we can move forward. So we're talking with John Nicholas about debt-free ASAP. That is the book. Uh, We're talking about the three-step ASAP protocol. Step one, assess your situation with the right tools to give you clarity and direction. And then step two, review your debt recovery options to select the best approach for your situation. Do you want to um, do you want to know what your debt recovery options are and uh, and how to select the best approach for your situation? Yeah, I know you do. We're going to discuss that next. We'll be right back. You load 16 tons. What do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. So John Nicholas is here today. He's the author of Debt-Free ASAP. Uh, John, we've got a friend checking in on our text line. Her name is Mary. She says, it was hard getting here, but I am currently debt-free except for uh, a mortgage. Um, You know, and so she says, as I'm purging my home, I'm struck by how much extra stuff I actually have hanging around. I think that when we think about getting out of debt, and I like, I just like the, the difference in attitude and um, even language. I'm not in debt. I'm getting out of debt. My perception of myself is not that I'm in debt. I am a person who is getting out of debt. That's really helpful. Like even just that one pivot. Um, Talk with us about step two in this process. Review your debt recovery options to select the best approach for your situation. I think it's going to be refreshing, John, for people to know they even have options. No doubt. No doubt about it, Carmen. And and here's the thing. Most people have no idea what range of options exist. So that's part of my mission is to let people know they, they, they don't need to just call the first you know, ad they see on TV or respond to the first piece of mail that says, oh, they're going to get a, a magical loan or something. They need to understand the range, everything from starting with just kind of an old school payoff plan where you target certain accounts and you pay those off first. I talk about whether you pick the the lowest balances or the highest interest. That's easy stuff, easy breezy. The the other options include things like consolidation, things like hardship programs, things like how best to work with family support if you're asking for some help. You know, don't just stick your hand out and beg, uh, you know, bring bring a, a plan together that's based on an assessment and a review process and a, a vision for where you're going, those types of things. There's also settlements. There's also even, even you know, on the far end of the spectrum, you have a couple different kinds of bankruptcies. Those are not for most people. It's the last resort for most. But in some cases, it is, you know, the, the ultimate solution for people. And, and bear in mind, bankruptcy was based on the spirit of Leviticus and the year of Jubilee that goes back through God's spirit of freeing people from, uh, you know, chains and encumbrance, you know, setting slaves free, uh, returning uh, properties to original owners and relieving, you know, debtors of their debt. God's spirit and grace 
and mercy are behind a lot of these these programs. Just need to find the one that fits your situation best. All right, we have um, three steps uh, in the ASAP protocol in debt-free ASAP. Step one, assess your situation. Step two, review your debt recovery options and select one. And then step three, create a winning plan with whatever support you need to succeed. I felt like your um, NFL background was showing a little bit here. <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you what, we all need some coaching. Uh, and if, you know, I, I, I talk in detail, you know, in the book and in the free video course that I offer, by the way, I, if I, if you don't mind, want to let people know they can get free forms. They can uh, review most of what's in the book on the free video uh, course. And that's at freedebtvideo.com. That's freedebtvideo.com. So you can, you know, just cruise right through in 38 minutes for a fast track. Uh, overview of everything you need. Uh, so that includes, you know, some some fellowship, some support, some uh, guidance, if you can, depending on what you need to be successful. Like, it, like with diet or exercise, much success depends on whether there's some support for you. And so that's super important, especially when you're, you know, coming out of a tough place or you're just, you've been struggling for a while, you, you need the right kind of people in your corner helping you move forward. And that may be somebody from your family, from your church, from your community, uh, or somebody you seek out, you know, professionally, such as myself or others who might be able to mentor or advise. Very important stuff. So I'm, I'm thinking here um, about people who feel kind of defeated in this conversation before it even begins. I'm also thinking yes. about people people who are listening who know someone who is deeply burdened by debt. Um, how do we start this conversation with one another without it seeming like we're trying to project a bunch of guilt and shame? Well, guilt and shame come come with this uh, territory for sure. And I'm glad you bring it up because so many battle, I've had, you know, many conversations where people are just crying because Mm -hmm. they're so ashamed and embarrassed. And I was embarrassed. I was too embarrassed to seek out help or discuss it. But you have to understand it. 70% of our population is, is burdened with way too much debt. Uh, We had a Supreme court justice not too long ago, go through and acknowledge over $100,000 of credit card debt, you know, in, in his profile. Of course, he has a higher income. He can handle it better, but it's very common. So uh, we, we have to break the power of that embarrassment or that shame because God's desire is that we rise up and get a clear vision for our freedom. And we move in that direction, let it draw us upward and onward towards being free and being generous, being uh, abundant and, and, you know, free versus, you know, enslaved. And so that's part of this process. And I'm glad you point to it because there is a lot of embarrassment and shame. And we have to break that power and come with the opposite spirit and be very sober minded about this, this stuff and just deal with it, you know, best, best we can, as simply as we can. John Nicholas is the author of Debt Free ASAP. You can find lots of resources at debt-freeasap.com. 
including um, the the video that he talked about. You can also just find it directly at freedebtvideo.com. John, I'm wondering if um, if if you could just help us deal with the strange attraction we seem to have to the pop-up ads on our screen or the direct mail that we receive offering to, you know, pay off our debt or, you know, consolidate our debt. How do we recognize a scam? Well, there's there's various ways, including the, the first one is if, if you talk with somebody, uh, you're hearing a lot of voices in the background, sometimes mm. from foreign countries. I mean, just go away. Do, do not have those conversations. Trust me. Most programs only have one option, and that's what they're selling. And mm. they don't care whether it really fits your situation or not. And by the way, a lot of these loans that, that seem so you know, life-changing or magical, they know you cannot qualify. They just want you to come and ask so they can then get you into a different kind of program. It may or may not be good for you. That's why I want you to know ahead of time what the options look like. Very simply, I'm not talking about, you know, long, boring, you know, uh, information. I'm talking about simple pros and cons for each kind of program. So you can go into it with your eyes open. <laughs> yeah, that, that actually should be the ad for your book. Um, it, it's not long and boring. It's simple. It's concise. It's uh I, it's it's full of great stories, um, and it's it's winsome. Like it's and you're meeting a great need. So I, I I'll just say thank you. We appreciate your time with us today. Appreciate what you're doing um, at debt-freeasap.com. John Nicholas is the author of Debt Free ASAP. You can get the free video series at freedebtvideo.com. John, thank you so much for joining us today. Carmen, I love what you're doing, and I really appreciate being with you. Thank you. Well, I love what you're doing, too. Thank you so much. We'll be right back. You know, it's not very often you see a bunch of scientists jumping up and down and, you know, celebrating with one another. Relief and joy abound as the James Webb Space Telescope which I don't know if you get to put your name on something that seems like a cool thing. We all know that we all know Hubble, right? All right. So we now have the James Webb Space Telescope. It has completed its month long journey during which I think it traveled a million miles. It's expected to start science operations like five months from now. So I don't know if that just means it's just going to be $10 billion parked in space for a while, but it did arrive safely at its ultimate destination on Monday, um, carrying more fuel than expected. So that's good news. Apparently, that means we're going to be able to see things we've never seen before. So it got me thinking, well, first of all, Paul, you should offer now your well, I, observation. I, yeah, I'm really excited about this because I love the the stuff that came from Hubble and looking forward to the more higher quality video that the James Webb should do. I just hope they remember to take the lens cap off. Mm-hmm. There yeah. you go. There you go, everybody. But I'm bummed. That would be Paul Perot's <laughs> input on this. So um, I, here's here's always what I'm thinking when very, very cool stuff like this happens and we want to see what's out there at the edges. We want to we want to go to infinity and beyond. We want to we want to know what's beyond all that we could see and touch and feel. Why? Because God set eternity in our hearts. That's why we we long to know 
What's out there? Let me just tell you, what's out there? All of it, everywhere, was conceived in the mind of our great and good God. I just, it's so awesome to live in a time when we can see so far and as people of faith know who made it. All to his glory, friends, all to his glory today. Hey, don't be um, under the burden of debt today. Like, don't let that weigh you down. I want you to recognize that you are under the weight of the glory of God. That it's a burden as well. I get that. But I sure would rather be burdened by the glory of God and the weight of his glory than by a sense of debt. So let that go today. Glorify God. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.